Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is the Sports Edge with Rick Wolf on your flagship station for New York sports. The Fan, Sports Radio 66 and 1019 FM, WFAN, New York. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Rick Wolf's Sports Edge. I'm your host, Rick Wolf. Well, here's some high school sports news that, (laughs) well, quite honestly, I wasn't aware of, and I'm talking about the use of shot clocks in high school basketball games. This is a bit embarrassing for me to confess this, but hear me out and see if you're in the same situation. And again, I just to be upfront, I do find all this to be confusing. That is, I don't know if there is one particular major reason that governs the use of shot clocks at high school. Just know this, when it comes to watching boys and girls basketball games, and obviously, to my way of thinking, I've watched uh, over the years hundreds, thousands of, of, of high school basketball games. The use of shot clocks, well, it's, they've been there. But apparently, apparently, and I didn't know this, shot clocks really, it all depends really on where the game is being played. For example, the state of Oregon. They just recently passed legislation in that state uh, to make it the, the, uh, the 12th state in the union that mandates shot clocks at boys' and girls' high school basketball games. Now, I guess that goes into effect next year. But again, Oregon is now just the, and again, my, my numbers could be off here, but it's either the 11th or 12th state in, in the country to mandate shot clocks at high school games. So that struck me odd that only 12 states have shot clocks. And I honestly, in this, I don't really know where to begin. And so friends, uh, I know a lot of you are involved in in high school basketball. By all means, give me a call because, and tell me what I'm missing on this, because I I still have a hard time trying to figure out what's the downside uh, of just having shot clocks at high school basketball games. I mean, first of all, let's start with this. Why would a high school basketball team not want to have a shot clock? I mean, I can recall very vividly back in the 1970s and the early 1980s when top college teams uh, down south, particularly in the ACC, well, they they would slow down all the action in a game and they would come by with wins. Uh, you know, with scores that were just microscopic, like UNC would, would defeat Wake Forest 6-4, to four, stuff like that. And then what would happen is obviously these college teams, realizing there was no shot clock, if they felt that 
they on paper didn't stack up competitively with their opponent, they the coaches got together and said, well, why don't we just try and slow down the action as much as we can, try to get a really early lead in the game, and if we do get a lead by a bucket or two, then we're just going to slow everything down and just dribble the ball, and people in the stands can watch and get bored and just, you know, that's how it's going to go. And that's happened a lot back, as I said, in the late 70s and early 80s. It was just unbelievably boring to have to watch one of these games, and it was they were painful to watch. And, of course, they got busy with the last minute of the play in the game because at that point the two teams would say, okay, now we're going to try to see if we can score a bucket or whatever to tie this game up. In any event, that's when shot clocks were basically came into action at the collegiate level. And then the reason why this came up, at least for me, is like a week or so ago, there was a, apparently a, a, a key high school basketball game in Oklahoma where one team defeated their opponent 4-2. to two. Now I was thinking, how could that be? Well, that's because shot clocks are not used in Oklahoma high school basketball. <laughs> okay, so already, if you're like me and it's early on a Sunday morning, your head's spinning. What's going on here? How, how, what, why, why would they not have a shot clock for a playoff game in Oklahoma? I, I, I don't know. I can sort of, and again, I went through a certain amount of online research to see what, were the, what was the rationale, why would they do this, and so on and so forth. And I, I, here's what took place out in Oklahoma. And again, you can sort of piece through this as you can, and then come back to me with your thoughts as to why this is a good or not so good rule. Again, you know our number here. It's 877-337-6666. Okay, so in Oklahoma, and I don't know these high schools, Weatherford High School beat and a Darko by the score of 4-2. to two. Um, Basically, yeah, there was six points scored the entire game. Um, Weatherford High School led 2 nothing at halftime. And throughout the entire rest of the action, there was no action. There was some, some guys just dribbling the ball, occasionally passing to a teammate. The clock would run, and so on and so forth. Okay, Oklahoma, as you might have surmised by now, is one of many states, many states, in the U.S. where there are no shot clocks in high school basketball. So in this particular case, one of the coaches must have felt that if his team ran at full tilt with their opponent, they probably had no chance of winning the game. The other team was just too good. So the coach said, ah, I got a better idea. I'm just going to try and get my kids to slow down the action and, and just to so basically hold the ball and not try to score. Why? Because that way we'll keep the score very, very low and very close. I mean, this coach must have felt that this was his team's best chance to score a big upset. So that's what happened. Anadarko High School held the ball for much of the game because there is no shot clock in Oklahoma basketball. And the strategy was basically ostensibly to steal a win against the number three team in Oklahoma's Class 4A rankings. Anadarko was ranked number nine. So for the entire game, nearly the entire game, Anadarko High School played, yeah, stall ball. I haven't heard that term in a long time. And they, the guys just passed the ball back and forth in the backcourt as the seconds basically just dripped like molasses. Fans shouted scattered boos, cheerleaders, cheerleaders at the game stuck to the routines, but nothing was going on. It was just unbelievably boring basketball. The final score, after, uh, after, as it came down the final stretch, uh, you know, this was not about high-scoring games. 
like we see every day in the NBA or in college basketball. But Weatherford beat Anadarko gamely 4-2. to two. And the absurdly low score has renewed more and more debate about whether high school basketball needs a shot clock to sort of keep the game entertaining and moving ahead. Again, I understand. I get the strategy. The coach made a conscious decision, Anadarko, saying, I have to, my team isn't good enough to beat Weatherford at a regular game of up and down racing basketball. So we're just going to make, go into a stall ball in the hope that maybe in the last 30 seconds or a minute of the game, we can be close enough that our kids can go out, take a couple of shots, and maybe we'll pull off the upset of the year. I get all that. I understand that. But wow, it is really boring, which is why at the collegiate level, they changed that, that they got rid of that uh, stall ball approach back in the 70s and 80s because it just it was just terrible. So here's the thing. When I, when I read the various accounts, and there are lots of people who think that uh, having no shot clock is the way to go because it adds an extra wrinkle to those teams in high school basketball that maybe this is a way they can pull off the upset of the year. And there are lots of people who think that, no, this is silly. I mean, just play regular basketball. Everybody else plays with a shot clock. Why shouldn't high school basketball do the same way? And what, what the ultimate resolution, and that's the wrong word, but the ultimate outcome is that I think 11, 12 states scatter all over the country, you know, uh, use shot clocks. Everybody else doesn't have a shot clock. And it's, it really depends on where your son or daughter's high school is, what state they're in. So... 877-337-6666. Somebody first explain to me, explain to me, what's the reason for not having a shot clock at a high school game? Is it just to add, hopefully, um, some added drama down the stretch? But doesn't it adding, adding a shot clock and have somebody to operate it, isn't that an extra expense for the school district? Is that the reason why people don't want to do it? I think the cost ranges from anywhere from 2000 to maybe 4000 uh, does, does it not having a shot clock, um, is, is that, doesn't people aren't concerned that that's going to get rid of any exciting game, particularly a, a, in the playoffs? And if shot clocks do improve the pace and excitement of the game, why do, why do so few states have shot clocks? So I, I want to I wanna do a bit of a dive in this today because I just don't get this. And again, it, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty polarizing as to how the game we all love, basketball, is played around the country. Now, I got to tell you, some media types say that having to add a shot clock to a high school game would be a major expense, as I just said, particularly because we all know that school districts are cash strapped. But two, three, four thousand dollars? Really? I mean, if that's true, how come this financial discrepancy, and maybe it has been, but how come that discrepancy hasn't really been discussed before on a national stage? I mean, I, I, I'm just, this is weird to me. It's sort of like a, it's like, it's just sort of weird. It's like all of a sudden, and we've worked so hard in this country to have fairness and equity when it comes to to our genders of our student-athletes, and yet this is all about, no, it's not about Title IX. It's about what state your your kid goes to school in. And I, I, I just don't understand why we have close to 38, 39 states who who obviously encourage their kids to play sports in high school and play basketball, but they play without a shot clock. I, I'm obviously you can tell I'm 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 baffled by all this, and so I do want to talk about this this morning, and I do want to take your calls because in a day and age, let's be candid here, where the NBA and the NCAA programs are all about running up and down the court, taking as many shots as possible, and so on, 
and they produce a lot of its talent from high schools in, in the United States where apparently shot clocks are not in effect. So what happens? Are these kids who are ta- talented high school players, they play for their high school team where there's no, uh, there's no uh, shot clock, but then they go play for their travel or a club or AAU team? That's where they have the shot clock? I, I find this very awkward. Now, look, don't misunderstand me. I can't ever be going to a high school basketball game in the last 40 years where one team slowed everything up. It just didn't happen. I think if it did, the fans at the game would go nuts, and so would the kids. But now looking back, this has more to do with the fact that I must have gone to high school basketball games in the few states where they do have shot clocks. But as we've already established, you know, four to five states in the nation don't have shot clocks. It is so complicated. And from what I can tell, this, uh, this slowdown approach to basketball, not only is it legal, but I gather it's happening more than we think, especially during the end of the season hoops tournament, where the lower seed teams are looking for any kind of way to pull off an upset. And one of the things they think about is, huh, maybe should we just slow down the game because there is no shot clock in our state <laughs> and see if that works. I, I, and, you know, this is, there's a cascading effect upon this because if you have, you're playing your team, your high school team is playing in a state with no shot clock, and now you're in the playoffs, suddenly there's a lot of pressure on the coaches because the coaches have to decide, uh-oh, have, have I prepared my team? My team is great, but are they prepared to be able to work in a situation where there's a serious slowdown? Are they going to panic? Are they going to freeze? If they fall down, if they fall back by six points, are they going to all of a sudden begin to get anxious about whether they can come back in the game? I mean, do coaches need to prepare for this? I, I guess they do. And I guess the coaches about this, one of the one poll I saw was that, well, some coaches felt that it's okay to have a shot clock. And then the other coaches would say, well, hey, no, I think we should take it out. So there's, it's, it's, a, <laughs> it's so strange. And yet that's, that's how it is. All right. I want to hear from you this morning. I'm going to get some thoughts about this because it's, 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 so, it's so unsettling. And uh, as I said, you may say, well, where I live, we don't have a shot clock. But if I go across the, uh, the river into the next state over, they do have a shot clock. Let's talk about this. 877-337-6666. That's on When I return, we'll talk about shot clocks in the United States. Stay with me. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We're talking about the shot clock rule in high school basketball. And after all these years, well, there's still an ongoing debate about this rule that I thought had been wiped off the books decades ago, but apparently it hasn't been. Like in most states in this country, there is in high school basketball, there is no shot clock. The team basically can start the game, score a basket, then deliberately go into slowdown motion where they take no more shots until the end of the game. And then again, you know, they hope to uh, pull off an upset with a score like four to two or six to four. Again, in most states, this is absolutely not against the rules. It's allowed. And look, let me give you a quick, because this is confusing. I understand that. But shot clocks in basketball, they've gone through a lot of changes over the years. Back in the, I think in the mid-1950s, the, uh, the Syracuse Nationals and the NBA, they, their, their owner, uh, Danny Biasone, he, just, he recommended there be a 24-second shot clock. And that was introduced to the NBA. And yeah, that's been the rule ever since. Uh, as for other levels of basketball, women's college game, uh, they brought a shot clock into their uh, operations in 1970. Uh, it's 30 seconds, and I think that's still in use today. Men's college basketball, which I mentioned in the first segment, uh, they eventually have tightened it down now to, uh, in, in 2015, uh, you have 30 seconds to, um, to put up a shot. Simple as that. WNBA launched their league back in 1996. Uh, they have now a 24-second a clock as well. But again, that's all college and pro ball. But it has no effect upon high school basketball. And again, I, I don't. there are only about 11 or 12 states in the country which allow, which employ a shot clock in high school basketball games. A, a quick, you know, California, New York State, Washington State, Massachusetts, Maryland, Rhode Island, North Dakota, South Dakota, Oregon is going to become uh, 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 going to have a shot clock next year. But for example, I mentioned New York State, but you know there is a shot clock. But if you go across the um, the bridge or under a tunnel over New Jersey, New Jersey doesn't have any shot clocks. <laughs> ay ay ay. Okay, eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. Let's talk about this. Let's start our calls this morning. Let's go to uh, let's go to Fairfield and George. George, good morning. You're on the fan. I'm kind of an old timer um, who loves the game of both high school and college basketball. I follow uh, very closely high school ball in Connecticut. I'll tell you how old I am. I once uh, sat right next to your dad watching <laughs> Fairfield, uh, watching the Knicks when they trained up at Fairfield U back in the early 1960s. Johnny Correct. Egan, I remember him out there on the court at the time. Just okay, sure. Like, you know, <laughs> um, you've hit on a nerve on something that's bothered me a lot. I love the game. I've actually helped the high school team by scouting and stuff and you know, the people like the coaches I know and stuff, we, we've always been really upset that there's been no shot clock. But to bring things up to date, uh, the shot clock is actually going, it, it will be in place in Connecticut starting yes. next year, finally. You know what I'm saying? I, the reason, the basic excuse they, they've always used is, is expense. 
like uh, you know, the, 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 they don't want to put up the money for the clocks, but now they have to do it. And another thing that there's some people that still don't want this or are complaining about is that they have to hire somebody to yeah, to run, run the thing, which yeah. is what costs maybe I don't know a hundred dollars a night or something. <laughs> you know, it, it sounds like a lot of excuses to me. But but basically the game. Um, has existed without, even though Rhode Island, like you say, New York, Massachusetts has had the clock. And what has happened over the years, which which has been a main problem, is a lot of times uh, that's one of the main reasons why the better athletes, the kids that might get college scholarships, end up leaving school early here and, and going to uh, some of the prep schools. Uh, there are many famous prep schools in New right. England, particularly, where where they're more apt to get noticed and play under the game the way it should be played. And, and finally, uh, what's going to happen next year, it's going to start correcting that. It's an, the National Federation of High School Coaches, I think, put an edict out there trying to push other states to, um, to do this. And, you know, there well, will be more states coming on board. But George, anyway. let, me, uh, let me stop you there for a second because you make some good points. And, yes, I'm glad you mentioned Connecticut. I did see that Connecticut was somehow going through the process of saying we want to have a shot clock as well. Uh, but it was still in the works, and I didn't want to say that was definitely going to happen until I get that confirmation. As I said, this is an issue which I found to be so murky, it was so difficult to find any concrete uh, delineations online. It was just like, well, we're thinking about it, we'll see. But it's weird. And as you also pointed out, and I think this is a major concern, which I didn't read anywhere, is the fact that, well, if you have a kid who's a pretty good basketball player in a public high school, then he's going to say, or she's going to say, you know, I, I, I'm i going to go play for a, a travel team or a club team where they do have a shot clock because that's what the college coaches are going to be looking at. And it's silly for me to play in a, in a situation where, you know, the game, the score might be, you know, uh, 10 to 5 at the, end of the, at the end of the game. So I, I, I don't understand why so many states haven't picked up on this. Um, it's just weird. I mean, it is just weird because I don't, and I know there's a lot of old school coaches are saying, well, you know, we, if it's a close, if we have a, a team that we might be able to pull upset off uh, in, a, in a tournament in the playoffs, you know, having a, a no shot clock, we can stall. Maybe we can pull up a major upset, but that's not fun for anybody. And that's not, that's not the way the sport is supposed to be played. Uh, let's continue. Let's go to, um, let's go to uh, Ed over in Elizabeth. Ed, good morning. You're next up. Good morning, Rick. Good morning, Rick. How are you doing? Good, Ed. Now, what about this? I mean, you know, like New Jersey, there's no shot clock in the high school level. That's correct. And you know what, Rick? I'm going to, you know, I'm mixed on it. I'm, you know, like, about the shot clock, yes and no. But but here's the thing on that. I, I fault, if, if the games are being slowed down and all that stuff, it is almost, I fault the team that, that's playing on defense for not picking up the pressure a little bit to force turnovers and all that stuff, even under a better team, to get the lead. And then when they get the lead, hopefully they're professional and and they're not going to continue to run up the score, and they can back off. Now the team that's on offense is delaying the game. They're going to have to play now if they want to win the game. Because if, if they're just playing the game, oh, we, put, we kept the game close against Sosa, then why play? Might yeah. concede the win. <laughs> it, it adds this, this element uh, into the discussion of the rules of high school basketball that, well, you know, let me know. Let's not be so sure that having a shot clock, if we do that, uh, because you may have a big upset 
by a, a weak team over a good team in the playoffs. So we, we got to if we if we have a shot clock that's being used, that may get in the way of that big upset. But I, I think that's so sort of old fashioned thinking. Um, and I think the kids don't like it, and I know the coaches don't like it, and the fans don't like it. It's just weird. That, and what's so weird to me is that you would think by now, after all these years, Ed, we wouldn't have just you know 11 or 12 states. It would be more like 40 states doing this. Uh, but, no, it's just the opposite. It's just weird. Um, well, well, one, one thing I want to break. Over the past two weeks, uh, the New Jersey State tournament has, it finished up yesterday. Yeah. A lot of those games were low scoring. Now, I was at a few of those games. But it wasn't low scoring where they were playing uh, a slowdown offense. Everyone now runs this dribble handoff offense, where now all teams are doing is switching on it, and, and teams are having trouble getting shots off early in the offense, and that's why the, the scores are becoming low because of that. And uh, like the other day, I was at a Caldwell uh, Ramsey State tournament game. Yep, well played game. Teams played hard. No delayed tactics. The final score was. 42-35. Yeah. But we know that so, when, when teams do go into the playoffs, we do know they're stepping up. They We do know they feel the pressure. That We do know that all of a sudden they're, they're in the, the key point of the season where they feel that every time I touch the ball and I have a shot, do I take it? Do I, do I pass it? I mean, they're thinking about all these things because they don't want to be in a situation where they somehow uh, make a miscue or they make an, they miss an easy shot, and that comes back to, to haunt them down the stretch. I get all that, but, you know, 42-35 is a lot different than a score of 4-2. And um, it, is, it is, I mean, we don't mind kids having to deal with pressure, but we want the kids to sort of step up their game and play like they normally would. Otherwise, it's just kind of counterproductive, and everybody sort of goes home unhappy even if they're on the team that won to pull off the upset, they feel on one four to two. I mean, that's that's not good. So I I, I I don't know why more states aren't looking into this and figuring out what's the best approach. Ed, thank you, thank you for your calls. I appreciate it as always. Let's move on. Let's go to um, let's go to Yorktown Heights. Anthony is up next. Anthony, good morning. You're on the fan. Morning, Rick. I'm a 30 year official and coach, and I've officiated and coached with and without a shot clock. First, you mentioned philosophy. Yes. Dr. Naismith nailed up the peach baskets for a game that was designed to be played as attack and defend the goal. When you freeze the ball, you're eliminating half of his purpose for the game. National Federation of High Schools is first acknowledging the existence of a shot clock in this year's rules book. At the yep. tri-state area, you mentioned New York is the only one that has it. Connecticut Prep has had it for about 25 years. Now, they did a study of coaches nationally about three years ago in Referee Magazine, and the number one reason cited against it, you're not going to believe this, was cost, which is a completely disingenuous <laughs> reason because the girls already have it. Yes. Second reason cited was, well, even in the states, and remember, this was back when there were only eight states with shot clocks, at, like four or five years ago. Correct. The second reason cited was, well, even the states that have shot clocks, there are only an average of one shot clock violation per game. And the answer is, there's no shot clock violations because we have a shot clock. The last college game played without a shot clock was the 1985 national championship game. Yeah. Epic upset of uh, Nova over Georgetown. Final score in that game was 66-64. So 
That team in Oklahoma, I believe, had a one in seventeen record going in against the top team. The score was two nothing at the half. You know, yes. we've seen these games where yes. you know the fans are singing "Silent Night." Um, you know, Ed just mentioned why doesn't the defense come out and play? Well, you remember the old hash marks, the twenty-eight foot hash marks on basketball yeah, courts? Yes, 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 it I be do. A rule. If you were behind, you had to attack, and the defense had to come out and play. And so, what would happen? Would you know the team that was behind two nothing would dribble past the hash mark, then dribble out again. Then they came up with the five second closely guarded rule. But the fact is, it's really hard at this era with these players who are this quick and this fast to come out and guard you know entire half court. They'll just beat you for a layup. So, Anthony, the the original question I had, the star of the hour. Why is it so complicated? Why can't somebody somewhere from high school, the you know, uh, National Federation of High Schools or, or whoever, come back and say, no, one rule across the country, this is it. Uh, you mentioned, of course, and I've read this several times about the expense. The expense is to maybe $2,000 to buy a couple of shot clocks and you need to hire somebody to run it during the game. In this day and age, I understand money is tight within our schools and our communities, but that's not a lot of money to, to buy a shot clock. Money was tight 40 years ago when they put it in the girls' game. <laughs> yeah. It's just one of those things, it's change. And a lot of people don't want change. But I'm telling you, it makes for a better game. Now, New England Prep had a 35-second shot clock. It's now gone to 30. Yep, yep. In New York State, and it's one of the things we officials, it's just another thing for a two-person crew to deal with, and it can get complicated. It's 35 in New York, and it makes – look, you get a five-point lead now with a three minutes left with no shot clock. You I mean, now they've got to start fouling. Yeah. It, it's, I mean, it, it, it just seems to me that you can get the, the, the top – high school coaches from the country sit down for a, a Zoom call and say, let's figure this out so there's no longer any misunderstanding or it depends on what state this game is being played in and so on and so forth. Let's try to bring it all together because all the pro and college levels of basketball all have shot clocks. We get that. But high school? No. No, it doesn't. I mean, come on. This doesn't make any sense. And I, 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 and you, as you said, you've done this for years. You know exactly what I'm saying. It's got to come to a point 100%. where... 100%. You're, you're on the right track. I think it's going to happen eventually. Connecticut's going to. So we'll have two out of the three tri-state. Uh, but it's, it's, you know, if you have good players who are looking to play at the next level, you're doing them an injustice. So thank you, Rick. Thanks, Anthony. And, uh, yeah, that's exactly, uh, you know, these calls have been terrific this morning, uh, particularly Anthony's. But, you know, this is nuts. There's no right a reason for all this oh let's see what what's the state rule on this about having a shot clock or not oh i guess we can't afford it because it costs two thousand dollars come on really this is nuts i mean this is the same world we're living in where i'm reading about i'm reading about high school uh football players basketball players uh signing nil deals for you know half a million a million dollars but we can't afford two thousand to get a shot clock i mean come on now this is something's not doesn't make any sense here. All right, let's move on with our calls. 877-337-6666. Let's go to Ralph in Manhattan. Hey, Ralph, good morning. You're next up on The Fan. Rick, many ways that teams cover for their, their inadequacies, man. This one's uh, glaring. And, uh, you know, there's nothing more tedious than freezing the basketball. Right? You can go absolutely berserk sitting in the stands watching a game you know, a 4-2 pitcher's duel, and it's not, it's not going to work out. But I'll tell you one thing about the states. They can never be congruent in their agreement with anything. Any walk of life, you'll always see one state varying from the other. 
And that is just mind-bending because at this point, you have to have a 24-second at least thirty second rule that you can uh, you got to get that you got to get that shot off, Rick, because you know you're watching uh, you know Chinese checkers on a basketball court. It's terrible. Uh, you know, it's, I was thinking about this uh, and, and thinking, Ralph. Well, let's say this: old school basketball. I go to a, a, a you know a pickup game on a sandlot, and um, I find my my uh, my guys are ready to play, and we were, somebody loses, our team comes on, and we're going to play to I don't know eleven. And, yep. uh, you know, we inbound the ball, and we just dribble. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> and if, you know, if you're good – yeah, and, Rick, if you're – yeah, if you're good at it, Rick, you'd be surprised how, how good you can get in uh, freezing the basketball. Yeah. You know, I, I remember uh, uh, Dan Tony with the New York Knicks. He'd play a game where get off the most shots as possible – well, this is the polar opposite of that, <laughs> and it doesn't lend to a, a good viewing, uh, a view, viewing afternoon watching a ball game. You know, I, I remember way, way back, I coached, uh, assistant coached on that, on that level, and we had no shot clock. I'm a New Jersey guy, and we had strategy that would, uh, you know, we were the underdog. We went into that, that game saying, you know, I'm going to hold, we're going to hold that ball yes. for as long as possible. We're going to take the ball out of their hands, and we're going to have a chance at winning this game. And I, again, I understand that dream, uh, you know, springs eternal, that hope springs eternal. But at the end of the day, I think when it comes to amateur athletics, we always want the better team to prevail. So if there's some sort of like unusual uh, situation strategy, aha, we don't have a shot clock in, in our state. So we're just going to, I'm going to tell my kids, never just pass the ball, never take a shot. And we get down to the last 40, 50 seconds of the game, we're going to rally and maybe we'll get a couple of lucky shots and we'll win. We'll pull up a major upset. Well, I get that, but it, it doesn't seem like a real legitimate upset because they're using like a loophole, a loophole that's been there for a long time and it should be removed. It should be removed. Anyway, I'm, I am glad we're seeing some movement from some of these states to get rid of it. But, boy, I, I, I tell you, Ralph, it's been a long, long time in coming, and it, it's still causing concerns. That's just weird. No, the, right. Go the, ahead. The, the last caller brought up something great. It's just a reluctance to change. We just can't change. You know, baseball has suffered from this for, for years. You know, they, they just can't change because they're so ensconced in the old ways, and they can't go in, they can't break into the new millennial because they're, they're, they're back in the, you know, baseball's still back in, uh, you know, La La Land, and basketball is the same way. You know, well, Naismith uh, invented a game that uh, is supposed to be uh, an attack game, just like the last caller said. Yes, I, I agree with all that. And, you know, it's mentioned about you know, the change. Well, Baseball players right now, with all this new rules they have to deal with, they're going to change. They're going to have to change if they want to continue to play professional baseball. But these rules, which have been around in basketball forever, I mean, if we went to high school basketball players and said, hey, you understand uh, this is a state where there's no shot clock. Uh, you have to make, you have to adapt your game. High school basketball players say, we don't care. You know, we're going to play, we play our game the way we play the game. We're not going to make these adaptations because some, some old rules committee said uh, we're not going to have a shot clock. I mean, it's just so weird. It is so frustrating for a lot of people, a lot of fans, a lot of coaches, obviously the officials as well. Anyhow, Ralph, thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Friends, um, we're talking about the fact that there's only about 11 or 12 states, that's it, in this country, where there's a shot clock being used in high school basketball games. That's right. In most states in this country, you know, there's no shot clock. So, as I said, a couple of weeks ago, a high school basketball team in Oklahoma decided, well, we're not as good as our opponent in the playoffs, so we're just going to 
uh, get the opening tip, and we're just going to stall for the entire game until the last second or so, and maybe we'll get a lucky and get a win. Uh, that's that's doesn't that's not how these games are supposed to be played, and. Um, Clearly, that's what I'm hearing. All right, 877-337-6666. When I return, I go right back to your calls. Stay with me. Back here on the Sports Edge. Hey, very quickly, you know how uh, to track out, uh, track me on Twitter for to get a, an idea of the upcoming show topics we cover here on the Sports Edge. And, of course, you can find more about uh, what I do in terms of sports parenting, blogs, and so on and so forth at AskCoachWolf.com. That's a good place where you can reach me as well. Number, of course, is 877-337-6666. We're talking about shot clocks in high school basketball. There is no standard, universal rule throughout the land. So, how would you feel if your son's very powerful high school basketball team was derailed by a much weaker team who stalled and the final score was 4-2? to Or, on the other hand, should high school teams really learn to start to practice on how to cope and prepare against teams who do that? I mean, this is the question we're asking this morning. And coaches... I acknowledge this puts tremendous pressure upon you because if you're coaching a, a weaker team this season, then you must sense that a stall game might indeed give your team a chance to pull off a major upset. And as such, you would support not having a shot clock. But on the other hand, if your team happens to be a top seed in the state tournament, then not having a shot clock could really de- derail uh, your team's chances of moving ahead. So this is complicated, but it doesn't have to be that complicated. Let's have a standard universal rule for all 40 states, or all 50 states, because right now 39, 40 of them don't, don't seem to want to have a shot clock. All right, 877-337-6666. Let's continue with our calls this morning. Let's go to Tommy in Marblehead, Massachusetts. Tommy, good morning. You're on the fan. Good, good morning, Rick. It's, a, it's an honor to be on your show, and I'm, I'm a big fan of it. Uh, I am a shot clock operator for our uh, high school boys and girls basketball teams. And uh, I can't imagine the game being played at this level without a shot clock. Yeah. I'm absolutely flabbergasted and mind-boggling that there's only 12 states in the country with a shot clock at the high school level. I I, I just think it, it makes the game really exciting. As one of the earlier callers said, uh, the reason why the shot clock happens is so there won't be shot clock violations. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's it's, it's mind boggling. I I I'm just I was a sports information director at a local college here for 27 years, and for the last 13 years I've been working at the high school, and uh, so I've been around basketball for a long time, and uh, I think the game is the ultimate boring sport without a shot clock. Uh, it really does the game an injustice without a shot clock being used. That's my personal feeling. Well, Tommy, uh, uh, your, your opinion is shared by a lot of people in this country. Um, and it, it obviously, for people who believe in a shot clock, as you do and as I do, it's just sort of hard to even comprehend why every high school, every state doesn't have a shot clock. Well, this could yeah. happen. No, but no, that's, that happens so rarely and it gets in the way of the game. They're just, it just deflates everything. Uh, everybody who goes to a stall ball game 
hates it because they have to sit around for an hour while a couple of kids just dribble the ball and pass the ball back to each other, and then it gets exciting for the last 30 seconds. That's not basketball. That's trying to somehow circumnavigate a situation that the game was not designed for. So I, 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 I totally agree. We, we had a state tournament game the other night, a boys' game, and it was a fantastic game. And yeah. There, there were no shot clock violations. One of the teams that played in the game really held on to the ball until like five seconds was left in the shot clock, or you hear their bench go 10 seconds. Yes, of course. Start to count. Right. And it was just, I mean, they got the shot off. I, I had to be on top of my game in terms of running that clock, and we were mistake-free. We were mistake-free on the game clock, on the shot clock. It was a fantastic game. And both teams, even though one team lost, they felt good about the situation. Yeah, Tom, I'm glad you mentioned that because the fact is when the shot clock is being used uh, in an important game, nobody seems to ever want to say, you know, it was a really great game and the shot clock played an important role in it because it kept the kids on their toes because they didn't want to be in a situation where they were still passing the ball and the shot clock ran out. So there's a lot of positivity about having a shot clock. And, Tommy, thank you for, for chiming in this morning. I appreciate it greatly. So, yeah, there's a lot of positivity about having a shot clock. We just can't understand why the other 39, 40 states can't see it as we do. Let's move on. Let's go to uh, let's go to the Bronx. Kevin is, is waiting patiently. Hey, Kevin, good morning. You're on the fan. Good morning, Rick. It's Kevin Piggott from the CHSAA. How are you? Ah, Kevin, how are you? What a pleasure to talk to you again. So um, I'm very good. Um, CHSA uses the shot clock. New York State uses the shot clock. But I might be the only caller to call in um, and not advocate for the shot clock. When I coached high school basketball, I coached high school basketball for 30 years in the CHSAA. Right. Um, we ran the Princeton offense. <laughs> um, and, you know, I remember going to games where Pete Carrill, Coach Carrill was coaching. And, you know, when, when they beat UCLA, for example. And sure. Even though they, they usually had a shot clock there, just the fact of how they moved the ball, how they handled the ball. You know, one of the biggest misnomers is, is that if you're patient, very patient, on an offense like Coach Carrill's offense, it's you're the weaker team. I mean, you've got to coach those kids to be able to shoot the ball, to make foul shots, to pass, to sure. dribble. And plus, you've got to teach them how to defend and rebound. And I think one of the things is, is, is the state. Now, I'm not for stall ball. There's no way um, that's what a game should be. But my two reactions to that is, one, I'm not coaching high school kids to please the fans. I'm coaching high school kids to develop as a team. And secondly, it's incumbent upon the other team to be able to have counters against anybody who does do stall ball. Um, you know, in the game that you talked about, the both coaches were stubborn and decided that they weren't really going to do much. Right. Um, if, if, you know, one of our callers talked about, if I have a five-point lead with three minutes left, what are you going to do? And then he said, well, maybe you're going to have to foul if there's no shot clock. I still have to make those free throws. And <laughs> yeah. it does change the texture of the game. Um, in terms of your question, I, I, I think it's really important to understand that states are hesitant to go to the shot clock. Some of it is cost. You've got to find really good operators. And I think they're afraid that it does take a little bit of coaching out of the coach's hands. Well, of course it does. Um, it, it's another – you've got to prepare your team for the playoffs because you might be faced with this, and you have to know how to, how to cope with it. Look, Kevin, we all know that every sport, particularly basketball, is a game of adjustments. 
And if you're a coach, you better teach your kids how to adjust when something happens in the court they weren't prepared to, to confront. It's interesting. I, I met John Calquari once at basketball camp, five-star, and we were chatting about hoops, and he once said to me, the, you know, in a perfect world, he would want to recruit the athletes who played in the Princeton-style offense because he knew that the kid was disciplined, could handle the ball, could shoot, and that he could do other things to help him you know, play the game. I don't think without the shot clock, we're not preparing the kids for, the, uh, for college or the NBA. I mean, basketball is basketball, and it's, we know with every sport, there's adjustments. Yeah. I mean, there used to be a time in college hockey where they didn't play with a blue line, a uh, red line. Yes. So, um, I, you know, so when I hear that we need the shot clock, I kind of sit back and say, no, what we need to do is that if you do have teams that are stalling, you need to have coaches who are clever and quick enough to respond to that and be, and to be able to handle well, those types of situations. Kevin, that, that is obviously a, a superb observation and recommendation that, you know, if you come out into a – a situation, an important game, and it becomes abundantly clear in the first you know, two minutes that your opponent's going to do a stall, stall ball, well, you have to just you know, call timeout, get your kids around. You say, okay, we, we prepare for this. Let's do it how we're going to basically interrupt and, and basically disrupt their stall ball game. So once we get the lead, they have to go back to play the game like us. But that takes preparation and it takes some awareness. Um, but, yeah, that, that has to be done. Simple as that. Kevin, uh, pleasure to talk to you. Kevin Pickett from the Catholic High School Athletic Association. Smart guy, and obviously uh, uh, it's good to hear from him again. Let's uh, quickly go to let's go to uh, Mark in Monmouth. Hey, Mark, good morning. You're on the fan. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Happy Sunday. Yeah, you too, Mark. Yeah, you know, that guy had a great um, – great – you know, he made a lot of great points. He actually, you know, stole some thunder, but he made a lot of great points. I mean, like you said, I mean, if you know, first off, you should prepare if a team might, you know, if they're not as superior as your team talent-wise. You know, I feel like that should be up to the coach's decision to say, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do a quick foul. We're going to call a timeout. Okay, guys, this is what they're going to do. You know, you, you might prepare and have another defense. Maybe you try to get them to play a little bit faster. You try to get them to pass the ball around more and you get a team to play a little bit uncomfortable because I think that's up to the coach there to make that sort of adjustment. I mean, and also, I mean, in high school sports, I mean, I get we're trying to develop players. You know, I think it's important for coaches to develop important um, rapports with players. Um, you know, myself, I feel the same way. You know, that's what we try to do with players in our program. I mean, we've had a similar situation where, listen, we were in a, in a game one time. Third base was open. Our first base was open twice. We walked the team's best hitter two times because we did not want that player yep. to beat us. Yep. You do not yep. get yep. beat. Yep. Now, the next player was not as good of a hitter. She got out both times. The third time when there was nobody on base, we pitched to that player who was their best hitter, and we were able to get her out. Now, I think she was definitely – it definitely bothered her mentally that she didn't get those chances to bat with a couple people on base. Who wouldn't be? You know, who wouldn't, you know, be upset about the opportunity to try to not only bat, but try to help your team win. And we ended up winning that game that day, and it was a good win for us because in the end, our job as coaches is to, you know, obviously develop those relationships and get players to understand that, listen, play the best you can, play the hardest you can. Well, Mark, let me, let me just – Together as possible. Yeah, I agree with everything you said, and there's one key – 
there's one key word that I want to throw into this, and that is, and this is up to the coaches to instill this. If your basketball or softball or baseball team is really good and you've been telling them all season how good they are, they have to have that sense of confidence so that if the coach says, okay, it's basketball. Guys, they're going to do a slow ball on this. We're going to have to stop the game and we're going to have to readjust. But I have every confidence in you as a team because you're such a good team that you've got to be able to make the adjustment with your sense of self-confidence, and we're just going to basically take the game back from our opponent, and they'll have to react to us. And, yeah, I think that's what good coaches know about. They know about the power of confidence, and they want to, in any way they can, basically unleash that confidence from their team. And they have to say, look, guys, this is adjustment. We'll make the adjustment, but you got to believe in the confidence that's gotten you to this far in the season because you guys are, are for real. Simple as that. Okay, interesting calls today about this stuff uh, with, with uh, shot clocks and so on and so forth. I think I'm just fascinating. And I just find amazed that so many states in the country, you know, uh, don't have it. All right, that's going to do it for me and this edition of the Sports Edge. Ricky Ricardo, he's up after me. My thanks this morning to the Zoo Man, Ed R. Zooman. And I'll see you next Sunday at 8 right here on the Sports Edge. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.